if we all tried to give a little bit of help to someone else, mm. we'd live a lot better, you know, we'd have a lot better life. Welcome to a Bar Steward special on this show. Myself and Andrew Woodman. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. We're discussing the leaked UK white paper, which did the rounds yesterday and been picked up by the trade paper, the Racing Post, as well, and causing some sort of debate. And finally, we're getting a few racing people coming out and talking about it, which is certainly what we need to do. Now, the purpose of this episode is to go through the white paper, going through all the checklists of all what's what's going to come in and affect the way that you bet. So, Andrew, we're going to get straight on with it on affordability. This is where bookmakers are required by the Gambling Commission to set limits on your betting, what you're allowed to deposit. And if you want more than that, then you're going to have to submit to passive checks. Now, the first first in this checklist is affordability limits set at £125 net loss within one month or £500 within a year. That seems incredibly low, Andrew. It does. And I was surprised because I've I've sort of sat in on meetings where the ex now ex gambling minister was talking about this, and he was trying to sort of suggest for these notions or ideas that it would be a hundred pound a month were ridiculous. And betting and gaming council who were trying to be extremist in their language to try and wind people up, but clearly you add another £25 and that's and that's where we've gone. So quite a few people on Twitter have, have remarked that it would co- it actually costs more to buy the trade paper every day than these limits. They're, they're, they're nonsensical, bizarre. You know, you, you run out of words to exclaim how ridiculous that amount is and how it can only have been put together by someone who has never had a bet. Yeah. So let me explain what this entails. So basically, level one, this is passive checks for signs of financial distress, e.g. county court judgments. So the bookmaker is going to have license to do what you what you like a soft credit check so so it's, it's like if you apply see if you want to be accepted by a credit card company for example they'll often do a soft credit check to see if you're you know not in any financial distress so so that's level one now if you want higher levels of affordability uh, which is a thousand pounds in 24 hours or two thousand pounds within 90 days basically i'm assuming that this again will involve further searching possibly more detailed searching into your bank as we know there are such things now as open banking where companies can check what you spend in and the type of things you're spending your money on that's why gambling's considered bad if you're applying for mortgages things like that because they don't want people spending too much of their income on gambling gambling's already got a stigma attached to it and the concerns I have here, Andrew, again, this data. Now, we know that the bookmakers are in charge of this, which is what we've said on previous gambling review pods. It's the fox in charge of the hen house. The bookmakers Absolutely. that then have the power with this data, it's in the terms and conditions. Check your terms and conditions. I guarantee it will be in there right now, that the bookmaker has the power to do whatever it likes with your data. In fact, sometimes bookmakers have even stated that they can keep your data for 10 years, even if you're no longer a customer. That's how bad this is. And and I've heard commentators like Tony Calvin say, I'm not bothered, I have nothing to hide. It's not about having anything to hide. It's the fact that a company is utilising you 
and making sure you cannot bet what you want to be able to bet, which is rather bizarre. And then secondly, they're going to profit from your data. Now, this is just not acceptable in any shape or form. It's, it's almost like Cambridge Analytica and Facebook. And added to that, Andrew, I want to come to another point, which is connected to this. Further down the line, it says the Gambling Commission will be given the power to require and analyse bulk data, right? So the Gambling Commission has the power at any point to go to Entain, Flutter, Bet365, anyone who they like, we want to analyze a large bulk of data. Bulk could mean every, everything. We want to see everything. Which is, in essence, is this not essence, that the government then get your data, in a nutshell? Well, it's not far off. I mean, I, I'm fairly libertarian in my outlook, and I value the right to privacy. But we just see, we just seem to be edging away from that. And you know, this notion that, you know, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got no problem. Well, I've got a pr- problem with that, because that, that relies on the people who have got the data doing the right thing. We, d- we don't know what they're getting up to with this data. We've, we've seen the government 50-odd year, years ago, you know, they, they lost the, the tax records of 25 million people. Data's never that secure. We don't know where, where the data's being kept and what, you know, what what purposes they want to, to keep it for. So yeah, I've got I've got a massive problem with that. And also, they, they, they seem to be circumnavigating these GDPR regulations where, you know, if you're not an active customer or you're only supposed to keep the data for, I think it's up to two years. So, yeah, I mean, they're obviously wanting to keep it for 10 years because they don't want people to keep reopening accounts. I mean, a lot of this just seems to be a a power grab by the big corporates to get rid of of winning punters. And, you know, they're they're only really interested in the lads, 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 blogger types who are are betting in five, 10, 20 pounds and losing frequently. So a lot of this looks like a way of getting anyone who's got any notion that they might know what they're doing or might be a possible loss to them out of the system. Yeah, I think that's what I'm concerned for the entire industry going forward, is that bookmakers generally just want pond life, so to speak. They, they want people that they can steer into the casinos. I, I almost see racing as a loss leader for bookmakers in terms to get punters into other products, you know, betting on betting on other sports with, with higher margins etc etc and, and yeah, more, I mean, I've, and, I've spoke to people at the the bha a few years ago now we discussed sort of velocity and they they recognize that the betting industry was using racing as a loss leader but it didn't do a lot to act about it and that's a, and unfortunately that's, that's half the reason where the industry's got the problems it's got now okay we're in the consensus that affordability is wrong and it's invasive and it's going to harm the industry it's going to harm the racing industry to, to a large degree the levy fund has to drop massively because obviously if people can't deposit or they've, they've reached the spend limit for whatever three months whatever it's set on their account then there's no money to be lost by that punter and therefore you're talking that the levy has to suffer it's simple as that so with that in mind i, I find it rather bizarre that the bha have spent the last i don't know a few days announcing their brand new polished whip reform and not one comment they're not publicly they're not spending any money on advertising they're not spending any money on defending this with newspaper articles perhaps and, and what that you know they're not they don't seem to be doing any any lobbying in in parliament that from what i can see in terms of this is going to kill the sport or potentially have very damaging consequences for the funding of the entire industry 
nothing. Well, again, this is where the minister, it would appear, has been disingenuous because he said to a, um, a question in Parliament about the impact of the potential reforms in the, the, the gambling white paper, that racing would be protected. It would have no impact on racing. And you know, he's, he's, he's said that in in several meet, meetings as well. Are we talking but, Chris Phil, the former minister? Yeah, but... I can't see how, if what was proposed is correct, and I understand from speaking to several people that you know this white paper is sitting in number 10, I can't see how that can possibly tally with it having no impact on racing unless uh, the government was going to suddenly start chucking 40 or 50 million pounds into the levy fund from general taxation. I would have thought the chances of doing that are absolutely remote. Yeah, we need an island model where horse racing is classed as agriculture and horse racing in Ireland are funded by the government, uh, in essence, to, to run their sport. However, like you say, I cannot see a scenario like that done here. So these are massive problems that need raising uh, within the industry and the BHA have got to raise their game, as do many racing personalities that work in the game, because also their jobs could rely on it. If punters are down and, there's, you know, there's, there'll be, there might be no need for, for their input, writing columns, etc., etc. It, it affects everyone. And, and this is where people have to have a bigger perspective on things than just defending a small group of people, gamblers with harm, which is a serious topic. And I've, I've had people on the show before from that side of the fence, and I've respect all the views past we've come with a solution for that scw single customer wallet rather than flawed scv which can be got around rather easily gamblers with harm will always look to bet and as we come on to smart stake limits now so this is the next proposal from the leaked white paper where a smart stake limit is to be introduced for online slots with a low default of being t- between two to five pounds per spin an upper cap limit of between 10 to 25 pounds per spin after enhanced checks. Now, again, this is where I'm starting to laugh about people that just do not understand the way this works. A gambler with harm that's, that cannot control themselves wants to have as many spins as possible. How on earth can they actually do that on the lower passive checks of, say, like 125 pound net loss at five pound a spin? It gets them 25 spins. I mean, I, I'm not a slot player, so I don't know how many minutes that is, but I know for a fact, uh, having watched YouTube videos of them spinning, that's not very much at all. That might be, what would that five minutes play? If yeah, I mean, they were t- well, but, I mean, they were talking about slowing down the, the games. But even so, well, if you slow it down to 30 seconds, you're looking at, you, so if you go on a bad you, run, you're looking at about half an hour. I've, I've spoke to several people that have basically had their lives messed up by online casinos and i know for a fact how they think how their mind works that is not going to give them their fix you cannot simply just stop a gambler with harm gets to that position because of the way their mind is set up i I don't like people that say they should have more responsibility for themselves because they can't help it like a heroin addict can't help it when he he goes for another another shot and so on and so on. An alcoholic needs another bottle of gin, (laughs) like I do. But the point is, we can't start running life, like with COVID, we can't start running life around a small minority and change an entire game for that. It's just not going to work. So these smart stake limits, I had to laugh because any gambler with harm will tell you this. 
that that is just ludicrous. And then the looks straight away, this is how you send them to the black market because they'll look elsewhere to get their fix. It's just a fix. They need a fix. They need to, again, it's just absolutely perplexed by this recommendation. Well, this is where I think the minister has been very poor because his answer to everything, and it was in his resignation, was that I've met the families of people who have committed suicide. Now, if you were to look at all of the harmful activities, I've met with people who have lost relatives through alcoholism. You know, I've seen the impact that's had. But you have to divorce yourself from that when you're making a broad decision. Now, because I've seen someone who's sort of been impacted by alcoholism, I don't go into licensing policy and say, well, I want pubs to shut at 11 o'clock because I've seen the effects of alcoholism. You have to have broader look at the situation and you have to look at workable solutions. Now, this just seems to be there's a problem. This is a solution. Let's just do it. And it's not been thought through at all. They've not got I don't believe they've really got into the brains or, or the the way the brain works of a compulsive gambler. And they don't seem to be considering the black market because this is all this is going to do is drive a compulsive gambler into the black market where 100%. there will be no way of checking what they're doing. 100% because it's about a fix. They need to deposit that money and they need to get so many spins or whatever, all the thrill for that night. I mean, a friend of mine, very successful person, he's, he's worked as a CEO for some very big companies. He had an online slot problem. He identified it, and I think he self-excluded, and that did the trick. But what I'm trying to get at is that it affects all walks of life, and the categorizing of people in this, that they assume that all problem gamblers or sorry i don't like that term either gamblers with harm suffer it's not just the bottom end it's people that also ruin their lives as well people that have got have had money good money businesses that have destroyed themselves so the government on this review seem to have made it classist and when i when i talk about classist it goes on about land-based casinos in the review and, and this is the giveaway that it, it, it is definitely classist is this is just about class that mayfair casinos will be able to offer credit to international visitors who have undergone stringent checks. British customers can't get credit, even though they might be big, big wheelers. International visitors. So, and it's Mayfair casinos. Why, why just Mayfair? Why, why can't any casino do that? It's just absolutely bizarre. It's, it's very effective lobbying. But yeah, I mean, everything about this is classic. And it's also completely based on the notion that no one can win, that yeah. it's a one-way ticket. Why do the government think this well is this like a general population feeling as well that don't understand the sport that it's 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 ingrained into them that betting is a mugs game there's only one winner is the bookmaker etc etc i think one of the major problems is that the the policies are put together by civil servants many of whom wouldn't be once have been exposed to the industry or had a bet they're relying very much on the on academics rather than a kind of real life experience and we've also got a problem with the sort of people who are becoming MPs because 20 or 30 years ago you had a lot more working class origin MPs certainly on the Labour side who would have had a bet or would have been part of families where you did the ITV7 or whatever but unfortunately there's a new breed of politician who many of whom are, are pretty much professional politicians 
who come from perhaps you'd, uh, you'd call it the educated middle classes and that sort of thing who view betting and betting shops and that sort of thing as a sort of a, a down at heel activity perpetrated by the working classes who need to be protected from themselves i think that's that's half a problem there's not that many mps who actually understand betting and the betting industry all the mindset of someone who wants to be um wants to be part of the betting industry yeah exactly you can see glaring errors in this and this is the problem when you get unskilled people to produce a, a document such as this it's a bit like me trying to produce a document to improve farming i could read up on it i could, I could, I could go on google I could, I could get get consultation from a few farmers that might have a certain interest, i.e. the Gambling Commission, all that seemed interested in is gamblers with harm and money laundering. Everybody else can can swivel. It doesn't matter if the bookmakers are ripping you off and, and paying you out short, like with eSports recently. Some golf bet, 175 to 1. In, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Paid out 100 to 1 after the event. Incredible, right? They're not interested. They're not interested in normal punters. If they were interested in normal punters and what right, as a whole, they would have consulted punters on this review it, this review should have should have included everyone not just the gambling commission the gambling harm the big books right this review should have contained punter groups because th this is important and vital to getting a, a possibly a better solution than what we're facing with now the gambling commission are a very very dangerous organization and the government seem to be wanting to give them more power Reading other measures here, right? This is the Gambling Commission. There will be an increase in license fees with the Gambling Commission now having the power to set its own fees. I mean, so the books here are at the mercy of the Gambling Commission saying, right, we're going to we're going to put them up at X pounds now. You've no choice. And then this money then is going to be distributed to the gambling harm groups who, I, I'm sorry to say, I, I'm going to use these terms. Some of these people are grifters. I'm not saying... They all are, but I've read a lot of these gambling groups and it seems they all want, they're going to be there with a handout. Give them a career, a nice little salary to help people uh, suffering with gambling harm. And as with any industry, like the NHS, everything else, you get you get wastage, mon vast money wastage. There'll be grifters having a really good screw out of this. And I mean, th that's the fashion. Set up a gambling group, you know, get recognised by the Gambling Commission and you'll be funded by them. It's that simple. That's what's going to happen. So that's the first thing. The one I'm going to come into you on now, like I said, we've already touched on it, is the power to require and analyse bulk data, which I know we've touched on it, but this is almost like dictatorship power, is it not? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I know that there's discussions about the, the legality of all of this and whether there needs to be some sort of legal challenge. The problem with that would be who would funding it and it probably needs some sort of crowdfunding by punters or something like that so you know whether people want to get the hand in the pocket we'll have to see but bearing in mind the future of the industry is on the line you would hope that that might get some support but yeah like i say i still can't see how the the ico just sort of sit by and let all this happen i can't see how a lot of this meets with the, the GDPR regulations. I think that there's a lot here which is there for, for legal challenge. So I understand some le some legal opinion is being sourced on that at the moment. So um, it, it's, a, it's a watch this space on that, but hopefully there might be some movement on that. Yeah, that's one thing I'm advising consumers, punters, to keep records of their conversations with bookmakers as it could become very valuable 
down the line in terms of how they've handled and operated during this in terms of taking your personal data if you've submitted personal data it's it's vital that anyone going forward if you do supply them make sure you record the conversations make sure you take screenshots of, of the emails what's been sent because this could be important if indeed litigation against these measures is considered a viable route to go down. So we've covered a fair bit in the, in the time on this show. I, I do feel for punters that have been caught up in, in this net already, and I know some people, their lives have been turned upside down. People that do this for a bit of pocket money, a bit of pin money, you know, like people that's retired and earning a, a few shekels off the, you know, in the retirement, enjoying a sport, and they've been stopped. They've, they've literally, that's it overnight they've, they've lost accounts it's absolutely scandalous and i can see through what's happening it's a shame that, that the government can't see what's going off here with big corp big corp are very powerful lobbyists like you know andrew and if they don't like something they will bleat their way until they scream they start screaming and they've never screamed on affordability. In fact, they've actually wanted to put affordability in. They, simply, they, they, they listened to the Gambling Commission and they've, they've had affordability now for a long time. So this is not something new. I mean, are we in a society where we find it acceptable th that they can dictate what you can spend your money on? I mean, I think another problem which we, we need to consider that this isn't just online. I've been informed that this is happening it's starting to happen in shops as well and i have checked it out and under the uh, gambling commission's code uh, 3.4.1 clause 2 licensees must take into account the commission's guidance on customer interaction they they can put affordability checks in in cash so all the people who are thinking oh well i'll just go back to going in the shops and that sort of thing they're, they're trying to get you all ends up so we're, we are in very very dangerous territory here and it, it seems as though it's unworkable on course but trying to work out how it could work out on course i mean could you see like an ind like an individual bookmaker that's not a big company having you know what are they supposed to do ask you for what <laughs> well again you know the, the, the minister said that this wouldn't you know this wouldn't happen with cash transactions you know it would be fairly impossible to do it yet it's happening so where's the authority for the the gambling commission to to be insisting on this you know there's a lot of things here which i think are are ripe for for legal challenge but it's going to take a punter's collective to actually get this through. Otherwise, we're just going to sit back and we're, we're going to see our hobby and for many people, their livelihood sort of gen gently sort of seeping away. Yeah. Just to finish off the, the, the hypocrisy of all this, the, the government in this, no mention, no mention of national lottery and scratch cards in any of this. None. Zero. I wonder why that is, uh, that you can buy scratch cards and lottery tickets with a credit card. Right, no problems. You can go into uh, whoever sells them, the news agents, whatever, and you can pay for your paper, your, uh, a bar of chocolate, five hundred scratch cards, please. You know, <laughs> on, on a credit card. Worthy gambling. One uh, one other point which is which is interesting to consider and might be a bit of an elephant in the room here is what happens in Ireland because. I'd be surprised. I know Ireland follow quite, although they don't like to admit it, they follow quite a few sort of English laws. But I, I'd be surprised, given the relationship which the Irish people have with um, the betting industry, whether they'd be looking to implement this. 
and you would think that it would be ripe for opportunity for Irish-based operators to invite English-based punters to send them, get some money over there and no affordability checks. And all that's going to do is damage damage the exchequer and damage racing in this country. So that's a point you would hope would be made should this white paper ever see the, the light of day. Well, we need to keep going forwards with this and keep banging the drum and raising awareness. We need racing media on side as much as possible. We need as much noise against this as possible, just like the gambling harm groups have done for the for the past few years. They bang the drum. They bang the drum in Parliament through Caroline Harris and idiot Duncan Smith. It's now time for us to stand up. Everyone needs to do this because if you notice through history, the government has buckled on public opinion. And if they see a, a big rift of public opinion against these measures, then they, it might make them think about whether they've got this right. We've seen u- big U-turns from Burzo before when he was prime minister, when he found that, that, that things were very, very unpopular. And I think this is it. We need you've, People's got to start speaking up. Uh, we need racing media. I need people to share this podcast uh, to raise awareness of this, uh, how damaging this would be for the racing industry. Uh, it's important. You know, people might not think it's important, but it's important. The more people that listen, read articles on this subject from the racing industry side in terms of, of what damage can do to it, the, the better it will be and the more chance we've got of getting some changes um, to this document. So, Andrew, I thank you for your time. Uh, on this and uh, i'm certain we'll be back uh, with probably different guests on this very subject so hope you enjoyed the show folks bye for now